Yo, yo, welcome back to the Cat Podcast. This is episode 305. I am Nate Sperlin. That is Taylor McLeod over there. It is your weekly tour through hip hop. Thank you for listening on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and more. Uh, do us a favor, hit the like button and subscribe. You don't have to really do that now. You could do that like whenever you think me or Taylor probably will be me, um, makes a good point. Um, then you can hit that button. <laughs> then you can hit that button yep. and subscribe. <laughs> um, follow Old Milk on Instagram and Twitter at Old Milk Media. Uh, check out the Old Milk Spins playlist on Spotify and check out all the Old Milk content on oldmilk.co. All the links will be in the description. Um, shout out to everybody who thinks that the Me Channel instrumental is a top five instrumental of all time. Um, dun, 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 dun. I'm just saying, like, come on. Taylor, you're rolling. Come on. Yo, I was I was a menace at Wee Bowling. Wee Boxing, I was in the trenches. Like, you know when you could you could get, like, the the level up when you became, like, the pro or whatever? My brothers killed me in the bowling game constantly. But you want to get in the ring. I was like... <laughs> what, was, what, was your best, what was your best game? Probably boxing or golf. Ooh, I was low-key good at golf. Baseball was my shit. I used to knock baseball them shit out the yeah, park. Baseball, yeah, baseball is fun. Dingers, straight up. They called me, um, they called me Albert Pujols. Really? That's what they called me, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. They, they being the voices Albert in my Pujols, head. Sperlin. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Hey, you got to listen to the voices in your head. <laughs> um, How are you doing, uh, Taylor? How you doing? I'm good. Uh, Been another week in California. Another week to settle down. I'm not, this is my first time actually where I have the same background two weeks in a row. My backgrounds have been different every time. This is the first one I've just been in the same spot because I've been in different like locations for every show so far. So settling in, good album to, good album to like, start this off, to start, you know, our real, real run of these, uh, definitely a heavy hitter. So I've just been playing that a lot, Let's, honestly. Yeah, Future's dropping next week. I know. I, I've, I've been listening to the Vince Staples album a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's number it's it's top three right now uh, I, i'll say that it's not it's, i don't know if it's i don't know if it's uh saba but it might be top three right now um that's great just a little just a little um update on how that's going what else the dreamville album i like too i'm, I'm listening to that more i finally like the j cole song so I'm like okay like okay yeah. this is this is this is great um still not the highlights to me but really great but we have another um, I guess rapidly rap project Sick. here. <laughs> My favorite meme that came out of that was the capture was anytime a dog gets a gets a stick outside and it's JID like stick stick. <laughs> That's my favorite. Oh That's my, my favorite. That is my favorite meme of probably this year. But that being said, we have Pusha T. It's almost dry. 12 tracks, 36 minutes long, featuring Kanye West, Jay-Z, Pharrell Williams, Kid Cudi, Lil Uzi Vert, Don Tolliver, Nigo, Malice, and Labyrinth. Um, Taylor, what did you think about It's Almost Dry? Did it did it actually, did the whiteout dry, or like, is it still kind of wet? Does it need more? What's, what's up? I mean, you can tell by how I'm dressed. It was, it was snowing. I'm cozy boy. It was snowing all over that. I mean... Before you even get into the project, I'm I'm curious to ask you, what do you think of the the cover, the single covers, and then this one? Because I'm not I'm not huge on it. Honestly, I 
appreciate the fact that the single covers follow the same theme. I did like that too. Um, it, it's clear that there's some type of a concept there. Is this um, is it similar to Daytona where they spent all that money to get that picture and then they are using it for the album cover? I feel like I saw something like that. I, I'm not completely sure. It could have been. I know that with Daytona, it was a whole controversy when they used the mm-hmm. the picture from the Whitney Houston picture. But yeah, I don't know. Like I like how they were all together. I like that cohesiveness. Like we talk about every week. But in terms of the actual like cover itself, I feel like in comparison to some other some other Pusha T album covers, like thinking back to you know my name is my name. King Push. I think King Push is my favorite Push T album cover, actually. Mm-hmm. And then Daytona was great. So obviously that's nitpicking. We're talking about album covers instead of oh, the, no, I, the music I like, itself. I like but... album covers because um, no, it's important. Yeah, one of my favorite album covers of all time is the Lil Uzi Vert versus the World album cover. That's that's yeah. probably top five for me. I I mean, looking at that album cover for the Push T album that we're talking about, um, I think I kind it kind of reminds me of some of the wall installations you'd find on the New York subway. I like that. I think I like it. That's where I'm, that's where I'm at. I like the cover. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely like, I'm just looking at it more. I like the, it's almost dry album cover a lot more than the diet Coke. Mm-hmm. Uh, hear me clearly in neck and wrist, mm-hmm. but the, the hear me clearly um, album cover. Isn't that from the Nego project? Yeah. Or is there a different album cover for that? The Hear Me Clearly one. Oh, never mind. I'm wrong. The Hear Me Clearly was the um the Polaroid of push. I like that one. Mm-hmm. But the the Diet Coke and the neck and wrist were the ones that are similar to it's almost dry. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It is what it is. I'll, I mean, I'll get over it. Now now that I'm looking, because you got me looking at Spotify album covers and stuff like that, I just realized that um when Pusha T was dropping singles on Spotify at least um at least with diet coke he has some tracks that are a few years older paired together i guess for numbers which is um an interesting observation he has um diet coke is technically an ep with if you know you know hold on featuring rick ross the games we play and numbers on the board following it so it's like a five track ep of like old songs except for that new at the time that new diet coke um oh that is weird. Oh, yeah, that is weird. Um, I never know because me and Steve Jobs like that. Brand loyalty. What gets them coming back? Um, X brainwash but... blue bubbles. <laughs> oh, you got a, Oh, you got green bubbles. Uh, I can't talk to you. Uh, got it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I can't see Mm-mm. when you're typing either. Nah. No, no. Um. What did you think about the actual music on It's Almost Dry? So the actual music, first listen, and we'll get into this later. First listen, I made the mistake of playing it right when it came out, but also being on Twitter at the same time. And that's that's the worst. You can't do that because then you're not you're not listening to it just your ear. You're taking into account everybody's opinions in real time. So you're going to get the people that are like, this is trash. And you're going to get the people who are like, this is classic off of half a listen, you know, just <laughs> either shuffling the album, skipping through the, the best songs. Album all time. Right. And I also made, and not necessarily a mistake, you go into an album knowing that it's entirely produced by Pharrell and Kanye, you're, 
you're expecting a certain level of something. And I think that because of just the sheer volume of music that comes out now, if something doesn't blow your mind on first listen, sometimes I feel like it's easy to, to be like, all right, that is what it is, but it's not, it's not, you know, it's not on that next level. But I had to take a step back with this project and be like, let me listen to this, how I would have listened to an album five years ago, how I should be listening to every album and really sit with it, play it a couple of times, listen to it in different settings, play it in the car, play it off of a speaker out loud, play it in the headphones, play it when I'm walking. And after a couple of listens, I really, I wouldn't say that I love this album. I wouldn't even say that it's one of my, one of my favorites of the year so far. But the I can appreciate the body of work that it is, and I think it's really good music. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd agree. I think that someone said it's the album of the year, and I was like, okay, you you're not you're never getting the ox. If I ever meet that person, you're never getting the ox. Period. Because this is not the album of the year. Um, I think that it kind of, and I guess getting into it a little bit, it kind of felt like a Kanye West, Pharrell Williams beat battle with Pusha T verses on it. And from that perspective, it kind of made me wonder how much input Pusha T really had on this album. I feel like, first of all, there's 12 tracks overall. There are six tracks produced by Kanye. There are seven tracks produced by Pharrell. There's one track, um, track seven, Rock and Roll, featuring Kanye and Kid Cudi. That's produced by Pharrell and Kanye West. That's why um, it, it's not, the numbers kind of seem weird when I first say them. But I, off the top of my head, I believe the first two tracks are Pharrell produced tracks. And then the third track is a Kanye track and Kanye sampling as he always does. And the placement of that there, especially with Neck and Wrist um, by Jay-Z produced by Pharrell Williams again, following that, was just weird to me. So already off the first four tracks, it's not a cohesive project at all. It seems like they just were in the studio. They made some songs that they thought were good. Um, And none of the songs here are bad, but I just think that for the overall body of an album, I don't don't really, it kind of seems like more thought needed to be put into it. Yeah, I, I think that's a I think that's a fair way to put it. When you're dealing with artists at this level who all have, I mean, you're talking the three artists that we're talking about, Yay, Pharrell, Pusha T. And obviously it's a Pusha T album, but the influence of the other two you can't deny, especially when you're taking into account the backstory of Pharrell and Kanye's involvement in Pusha T's career. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like he's just working with two producers in there. You know, it it's there's a level of understanding when you're talking about these three artists they're all at a level where they're not going to put out bad music like it's not going to be bad listening you can listen to this whole project through and really not have any crazy qualms if you don't want to if you don't want to like find something wrong with it and it's not to say that I do want to find something wrong with it but I think it's it's an interesting way to think about it as a beat battle because it does feel like that and there was there was another tweet that that said you can you understand completely which beats are made Mm-hmm. by by which producer i think the only the only tracks that really were surprising to me in terms of production are hear me clearly 
I could have seen Ye doing that instead of Pharrell. Mm-hmm. And then open air made me feel similar, but also like there's a there's a lot of Pharrell in that. So it's not as it's not as whatever, but all the other songs I feel like are very clear to to the ear to hear which producer was responsible for it. And it's a it's a cool concept to have those two producers, producers of that like magnitude working with a rapper like Pusha T. But I, in a way, I wish the organization was a little different, maybe like an A-side, B-side situation. Mm-hmm. I understand wanting to go back and forth and not make it so, you know, one side and the other side. But I don't know, something about the organization of this album, I think that's probably what my first listen through was tough. Um, yeah, no, I think that the, to, yes, the track listing I gotta, on it. Oh, um, are you, are you, no, are you, someone, I'm good now. Someone called oh, me. Sorry. All right. Um, I think that the track listing on it really, um, it, it, I think the track listing kind of sets the project back. I, I feel like um, it just doesn't, the first listen was really, really rough. The second listen was better because you kind of know what to expect, but the first listen was really rough. And had this been a week where, for example, I believe like two two weeks ago, there was like 5 4 and dropping ESDG and 42Doug dropping another, pro, dropping a collab project together. Um, I believe Vince Staples dropped that same day as well. Even Coil Ray dropped that day. If it was a week like that, what is really, aside from the fact that we're podcasting and we're talking about these albums, what is really making me want to come back to this album and give it a chance? And I don't really feel like, um, I don't know how much I would have been drawn to re-listening to this album if it wasn't so um, I have things to say for this podcast, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel, I, I, I don't know, Pusha T's been one of my, just one, of, like, going back, you know, a decade now since I really started to get into music like this, but like, Push has been one of my favorite rappers to listen to from Fear of God, Wrath of Cain, his mixtapes that were coming out when I was in middle school to My Name Is My Name was like a like integral album for me mm-hmm. coming up through high school. King Push came out, you know, junior, senior year. So it's like, I was always going to give this project as many chances as it need because I want to hear what Push has to say. And all the people, I know the Variety Review came out yesterday and obviously there's been a lot of controversy with that like the the writer got doxxed and like they were like posting her address and stuff because what (laughs) yeah no well that's the state of like and I've seen a lot of conversation but that's the state of music criticism now it's like if you say that you don't like something all the fans of that thing are going to do their best to ruin your life because that that's just how Twitter works right now that's how social media works right now but it is weird yeah you know what I mean it it is weird I was I wasn't going to give this a chance because I wanted it to be the greatest album of all time. I was going to give it a chance because I really appreciate Pusha T as a rapper. Mm-hmm. And I know the variety review was like, Oh, he's just digging up Coke bars again. It's like, yeah, that's what Pusha T does mm-hmm. when it's, we talked about it before with Griselda, when you can kind of see the similarities between some of the stories, Pusha T's creativity when it comes to these bars is never wavering. They're different every time. Yeah. It's about the same thing. And if, if that's your biggest complaint about Pusha T, then why are you listening to Push? Mm-hmm. You've got two decades of this music in a row now, and you're, you're confused when you get to the most recent album, and it's about, like, come on. It just doesn't make sense why. And, and when you listen to every, like, 
98% of the rap music. What, what do you think? Like, you know what I mean? Future's talking about it. Everybody from every end of the spectrum is talking about it. And, and you're going to come to the guy who does it best and be like, oh, why, why is he, why is he doing it? It's like, come on. So I don't know. I was like, I was always going to give this a chance because I want to hear what Pusha T has to say. I want to hear, I want to hear the references. I want to hear the new cadences that he came up with. So I would, like I said, I appreciate this project. It's not the album of the year to me. It's not my favorite Pusha T album, but I've given it numerous chances and it's growing on me with every listen. Um, what did you think about rock and roll with um, Kid Cudi and Kanye West? I mean, you really want to make me do this? <laughs> no, it's fine. Like, I don't like, I'm not a huge Cudi fan. The whole controversy around it with the, the tweets and everything. I, I feel like, I feel like the hype, especially after the Nego album and the Pharrell connection and like the whole like little atmosphere and environment that all these artists exist in, you know, previous to previous to the whole Skeet Davidson, Kanye calling out Cuddy, Kanye this, Kanye that, like, I feel like all that stuff ended up turning me off to the possibility of this song, like really being something I like. It's fine. It's part of the project. And I'm not someone who deletes songs out of albums or really like skips like that. Like I like to listen to stuff all the way through. So it's there, but it's not a standout to me. It's not the worst thing in the world. I probably would have liked it better if it was mixed better. Um, I can't understand what Kid Cudi's saying at all. And I don't know if that's by design, but I feel like a lot of the songs on this, and we were talking about this when originally um, Neck and Wrist came out with Jay-Z on it. Yeah. The mixing on the Pharrell beats are kind of not up to par. I feel like, because Pharrell is using so much, the, the, the beats that he's making are powerful, in a way where there's so many things going on and they're easy, it's easy to distract from the actual lyrics or um, the actual, just the actual verses that are being performed on the album. I think that they kind of put a filter on Kid Cudi's voice a little, um, which I didn't really like that much. That also hindered the understanding of that, um, of what he was saying. And I think they kind of did the same thing on Neck and, Neck and Wrist too. I think that um, throughout the song, I think it did get better from uh, on the album. It got better compared to the single, but it still wasn't at a point where it was like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to be able to clearly hear what everybody's saying. And then if I want to tone it up for a little bit, I could appreciate the beat and then come back. It, it was more so like, you got to really sift through the noise to get to what they were saying or to even hear what they were saying in the first place and i don't i don't really know how much i like that mixing style i think that it's something that also kind of sets the album back yeah there's there's a couple moments on this project we we've talked about neck and wrist extensively in terms of the the mix and the single and i i am by no means a music snob to the point where i'm like oh the you know this and that and this like in acting like I could have you know twisted the knobs better than like fucking Pharrell like you know what I mean like it's like but at the same time the the one that stands out to me the most is is Ye's verse on Dreaming of the Past where it sounds like a voice memo mm -hmm. and obviously 
with how Kanye puts out music now and has for the last three or four years where stuff seems rushed because he knows he can go back in and tweak it. And that's become like part of the allure of, of Kanye West music is that he's going to give you a product and he's going to go back and tweak it and go back and tweak it and go back and tweak it. But there's some, I know that there's a, there's a section of hip hop fans there's a section of music fans in general who like, like the rough sound. And for some, some kinds of music and some hip hop, I do like that rough sound. I like the, it feels like homemade. It feels like it's, but when you're dealing with Kanye West, Pharrell Williams and Pusha T, I want the polished product. Yeah. I want, I I want it up to par. The stuff that is, Oh, this is why you're two of the best producers of all time. Exactly. I, I, okay. Why you are. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't really feel like, Pharrell put his best foot forward on this. I think that if this was a beat battle, I think that Kanye wins. Um, yeah, and we were talking about it off mic, listening to it, and it could just be because outside of outside of all the societal, social media, this, that, this, that, this, that, I've always been a bigger fan of Kanye's music than I have of Pharrell's music. And so like his, his production the whole I miss the old Kanye I think sometimes it feels like the old yay is communicating through production in a way where it's like no but like you know what I mean where you can Mm -hmm. still hear that like like all right his ear for hip-hop and his ear for samples like I just said the the voice memo thing on Dreaming of the Past that sample on Dreaming of the Past that instrumental is probably outside of the last song outside of the outro is probably my favorite favorite instrumental on the entire project so I found myself kind of gravitating more towards the 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 yay produced tracks, but I don't know. There is some audio moments on this where I'm like, all right, I'd expect something maybe different, maybe more from from three artists of this magnitude, especially two producers who have been so so famous for their their like attention to detail. Yeah, exactly. The, their painstaking process of getting every single piece correct. Mm-hmm. so but i don't know yeah um do you want to get to favorite songs do you have anything else to add i just and it, it could just be because of the type of push a t fan i am mm-hmm. and i i got so used for 10 years of listening to push a t right it was like my my first 10 years because i wasn't like we weren't around for the beginning eclipse no matter how much people our age want to act like they were there when like grinding came out like we weren't you were you were watching fairly odd parents right exactly we were like four or five years old so it's like my intro to push the t was fear guy it was wrath of kane it was him with tyler on trouble in my mind Mm -hmm. it was the good music stuff and then it it went into my name is my name so i got so used to push being in this like like i think it's good that like yeah got a coke dealer like you know what i mean like a cold killer match with like all that stuff like i got so used to that to hear him back in the lane where he's trying more things and you look at the song with uzi and don toliver that doesn't sound like that's not drug dealers anonymous Mm -hmm. that's not numbers on the boards it's not even neck and wrist it's not neck and wrist not call my bluff right exactly so i think like i said that first lesson i was like a little like oh this isn't this isn't the push of T that I'm as accustomed to because even his most recent album, Daytona, you could tell that was him and Kanye sitting down and making a seven track album. 
that was going to be the best seven track album that came out that year. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, 2018, that probably was the best album of that year, especially because of the Drake thing. And as you know, like I'm a, I'm a Drake fan. Like there's no, I'm a Drake fan. When that disc came out, I was like, damn. Like, you know what I mean? Like my, one of my favorite rappers just got, got, but at the same time, I've loved Pusha T for a decade now. And I got so accustomed to that version of Pusha T and there there's moments where that comes out in this album, mm-hmm. but this album isn't as much of Pusha T staring you in the eye and ripping your heart out. It's a mm-hmm. lot more Pusha T showing you his versatility, which is great. And I think it'll just take a couple more listens, but in terms of favorite songs, and let me bring the track list up. My favorite two are Open Air and I Pray For You. The last mm. two, the last two tracks. I really like Diet Coke. I like Hear Me Clearly. And then Let the Smoker Shine the Coops is really good. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are probably my favorites. So we got the second track, 10, 11, 12 with Diet Coke in there. And I think Hoes Verse is great. Mm-hmm. I know that some people, I know that Zay in the chat was, talking about how it sounds like washed and i don't know i disagree i mm-hmm. think it's a good jay-z verse especially because he's like what like 53 now or 52 so it's like According to that's him. a yeah that's an acceptable i feel like that's a good jay-z verse for a 50 year old guy to show up like that's what i want from jay-z at this point i mean do you think that verse was included just because it's jay-z or for other artistic purposes i feel like I'm kind of concerned that it was, that's Jay-Z. He's the best of all time. He has to be on this album versus, okay, for what I want to do for this album, this makes sense. I think when you're talking about Pusha T, Kanye West, Pharrell Williams, Jay-Z fits right there. Mm -hmm. I think it's taking everyone from the, the Neptunes world, everyone from the rock, good music world, a couple outsiders, like you got people really the only the only person that doesn't oh and that that's not even true like Don Tolliver's work with Travis work with Kanye Lil Uzi's like with Rock Nation now like everyone the connections to everyone make perfect sense even though the music might not you know at first glance might not make sense I think everyone from this this like extended universe between the Neptunes good music Rock Nation it's all there Def Jam so I don't know I think I think the Jay-Z verse works in terms of sound and where it fits in this track and this album. And I also just think it's a good verse, but like there's bias. Like I hope it's one of my favorites. So it's like, I'm not going to like go into it being like, Oh, he's washed. I went into it being like, Jay-Z's going to skate, even though I didn't, I didn't like the falsetto Pharrell bridge or whatever that came right before it. Like I was ready for Hove and he delivered. I wish that song was more like drug dealers anonymous, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my favorite tracks are Call My Bluff. Call My Bluff. Um, Scrape It Off with Don Tolliver and Lil Uzi Vert. And I Pray For You with Malice. And um, I wrote clips. Malice and um, Labyrinth. Um, interesting album is what I'll say. Um, to say the least, interesting album. Um, future's dropping next week. Thanks. And he, he, did you hear the new song he put out with um, Travis Scott in Southside? I haven't yet. I just want to hear that whole thing straight front mm-hmm. to back. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to listen to that like after this and then see how I feel about the incoming future album. But yeah, we got, we got more music coming down the pipe. 
Um, this has been the Cap episode 305. That is Taylor McLeod. I am Nate Sperlin. Um, hopefully, at some point, you decided to subscribe to the channel and give us a like. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Old Milk Media. Check out the Old Milk Spins playlist on Spotify. And check out all the Old Milk content on oldmilk.co. We will be back when Hip Hop tells us to be. Enjoy life. Thanks.